Your call is now live. Thank you. So thank you guys so much all for joining me today for tactics for getting the most leads from your database call. So I am Marjorie Adam. I am a core coach in Charlottesville, Virginia. I joined the core in 2008 and I became a coach in 2014. I am a realtor and I have a team total of five, me and four other people. So I have two RP1s and two showing agents and me. Um, and I'm excited to talk to you guys all today about your database. So I don't want this just to be a monologue, so I really do want you guys to participate. So I'm going to take several breaks. When you guys have a question, if you press star 1 on your phone, you'll get into the question queue. You'll still be able to hear me talking. And I will, of course, as I'm going to break for questions, remind you to do that. But just know I do want you guys to ask questions because me just talking for an hour is not going to necessarily be able to help you need. So let's get right into it. So database. I really want to stress to each and every one of you the importance of getting your leads from your database, or at least a vast majority of your leads. So the first question for all of you listening is, where are you currently getting most of your leads? Right? Are they coming from Zillow or the Internet? Because I will tell you, those leads to me are not super fun. So I did do Zillow for one year because I was seeing people doing them, and I thought, gosh, I'm missing out. I need to pay for some Zillow leads, right? So people are getting tons of leads from there, and I need to buy some leads. I've never done it. Well, <laughs> all of our leads do come from database and farming. So that's where my leads come from, and I thought, I'm missing out. I need to try it too. And it was actually pretty painful. Um, I had, you know, clients um, or customers who wanted us to run and drop everything. They wanted me to meet them at crazy hours. Um, most of them actually were looking to rent. Some of them already had realtors. So I found myself wasting time and wasting money chasing people who had absolutely no loyalty to me or to my team. Right? I was a puppet with a lockbox key, basically. And it's not the way I formed my business almost 25 years ago, and it's not the way I want to do business now. So I'm not sitting here trying to tell you all, oh, Zillow is bad. You all do as you're going to do. Pay attention to what you're spending. But I think that the quality leads, the leads that have built my business and that I want to sustain my business are database leads, right? So for me, ad leads, sign leads are often the same thing as a colder lead. I'm just sort of um, like anybody with a key. They don't have that loyalty to me that I like our clients to have. So, yes, you should absolutely follow up on any leads that come in. You clearly want to do whatever you can to capture any leads that come in. But that's not where we focus our time. That's not where my team focuses our time or I focus my time. So I decided years and years ago that this was not the way I was going to run my business. So leads from the database to me are key. It's the topic of the call today, and I need you to really commit and focus on this being the primary source of your business, your database. So in the core, we talk about our pillars of our business, right? So what sustains our business? And so to me, your database needs to be that primary pillar. And so I want to get into kind of defining that database and creating that database because I think it's super important. So let's also start with a fact of, like, what is a database? So if you do not have a written down, clear database, then you do not have a database, right? If your past clients, and we're going to focus most on past clients today, are not in an organized database, I can assure you, you are going to forget about them. You will not communicate with them. You will not stay in a relationship with them. And so 
I find I'm sure most of you would agree that the market is a little chaotic right now. We have a lot of issues with inspections and all kinds of things getting to closing. And so the market's chaotic. And working an organized database, right, is, is a way to really kind of work through that. So the database allows us to focus our time on specific people rather than just focusing on the world, right, on really reaching out to everybody. So I want to ask you guys this question. This, to me, is the clearest way to see if you really do have a database that you're working. So if you're not in your office, doesn't matter, but let's say if you were. If you're in your office right now, could you walk to your assistant, or could you just go and click into your system or a CRM and print out your path client database, right? Is that something you can do? Because that's super important. That means you have, to me, a collected database that you can work from. So I want to also just drive this point home. Your database has to be the lifeblood of your business, right? Your past clients especially have worked with you, and they trust you. They've bought, a sold, they've bought or sold a home with you. So number one source of business. Most realtors, though, it's not. And it's always surprising to me, but it's the case. So it's for many reasons. Some of you just haven't created a real database, right? You, you might have a list of houses you've sold. You might have a list of people that you've worked with. But you haven't often, many of you, even done that. So you might have files somewhere, right? But you have not created that database. So you need to start there. If you don't have it, you've got to create it. You've got to go through your sold files, MLS sheets, whatever it is, have your company help you. Uh, and you have to, what, go through tax records to see if they still live there. Um, and I definitely want to drive this point home. Maybe some of you actually have that piece of paper or that CRM. But if you have not kept in touch with these past clients, they don't remember you. I know you think they do, and we all really take ownership of that client, right? I mean, I've been in this business almost 25 years. They are my clients. So I just promise you, if you haven't kept in touch with them, they are not. So we interview all the time with new potential clients, almost every day. I did a new listing today, and I did one yesterday, new clients. I ask each and every one of them who they bought or sold with and how the process went. That, of course, should be part of your questions. And I can't tell you how often these clients, new clients, say to me, oh, either a descriptive term, right, like, oh, they had red hair, or they have not heard from them from the time they closed. One of them that I just got, the agent who sold them the house, they called them to list the house. That agent didn't call them back. So I just listed that house. How nice is that for me? But how silly is that? So you need to rem they don't remember you. Right? The number one complaint people have about realtors, poor communication. And what makes me laugh, too, is all of us as realtors, we have this referral-based business. right? We have a relationship business. We work by a referral. You know, we put that in our email signature. We heart referrals. right? We all say that 90% of our business comes from past clients, but often cases it isn't true. So I really want you to really pay attention to this. If you're not paying attention to your past clients, someone else is. You will lose that business, and it's the easiest business for you guys to keep up with. So I want you to think about also the CRM or system that you use to maintain that database. And I'm sure each one of you on this call has a system. You have top producer. You have whatever it is. Good. And if you don't, you need to pick one and start using it. Don't get lost in the abyss of many, many systems. Talk to other realtors. Talk to your brokers. Pick a system. Use it.
we use Wise Agent. It's a simple system. I still also use Excel. And a lot of people are like, oh, Excel. However, our Excel spreadsheets are crazy detailed because we've used them for so long, right? So now, think about your databases that you have as well. How old is this database? So the people in this database, do they still live there? <laughs> are they still married? Do they have, you know, adult kids now? Right, so when I started, of course, 20 some years ago, these kids are grown, right? So do you know if they have kids? Um, and if you just put anyone that you ever spoke to that breathed in this database, and you know, you've got to think about that. If they're terrible people and you had a terrible experience, probably let them go. So I need you guys to go through your lists. That is step one before we get into these systems. You've got to go through these lists. Make sure they are still accurate, right? Make sure that you have the most updated information, right? And then think about what information you need in your database. So you need to have clearly their names, their address, right? You need to have their phone numbers and their email addresses. That's the basics. Then you need to have where do they work? What are their kids' names? What are their birthdays? What are their kids' birthdays? What is their wedding anniversary? Do you know their hobbies and restaurants? Right? You really need to have this information to stay in great touch with these clients. So for those of you that have a database, you will think, oof, well, I have a lot of missing pieces and parts here. Right? And so the, the main question people ask me is, how do I get this information? How do I? I have a database. I might have some names. I might have some email addresses. I might have some phone numbers. And a lot of you listening on this call are probably like, oh, come on. Listen, the first homework assignment that each of my students has to turn in is their database. And I can't tell you how many holes there are in those databases of this information. It is there. So I'm just going to tell you, you need to start asking. The best time to get this information is at the beginning, right? Right after that first listing appointment or when that buyer signs with you. You need to gather this information. You all need to be using an All About You form. If you are not using an All About You form, that needs to be part of your process from the beginning. And as you start working with them, and as you stay in touch with them, you need to ask them, right? So as you're calling them to check in on them and stay in touch with them, you need to ask, is this, you know, is this still current? Are these still numbers? Are this still your email address? I can't believe I don't have your birthday, right? So that has to be information that you work on gathering. And then a lot of people will also ask me about what's a good manageable size of a database. Well, that's a hard question to answer. If you've been in the business only a couple years, you have a very small database. If you've been in the business 25 years, maybe you have 800 people. A good manageable database is 400 plus, right? So you don't want it to be too big because you can't maintain those relationships. And you don't want it to be too small because then you don't have enough clients. Now, as you build your business, you don't have an option. If they're not a past client, it's hard to be in the past client database. Um, but having a manageable size. And then you need to think about who maintains your database. So if you're a team of one, that is you. And in your time block schedule, you have to have set times that you are checking your database, updating your database, managing that database, right? If you have a team or an RP1, right, or an assistant, it's your assistant, right, that has to help you manage that database. And they have to pay attention to that each and every week. And we're going to go through some strategies on the calls and helping make sure that happens. 
Um, but that's really vital. So I'm hoping, I know I've spent a few minutes on this as we start, but I'm going to break here for a second to see if anyone has any questions before I get into the management, what we do to get these leads from this database. But let me take one second to see, does anyone have any questions so far about the creation of, the maintaining of, or anything with your database? So if you do, go ahead, press star one. I'm going to break for a second, and then we'll continue on. And at this time, first we do have Linda. Your line is open. Hi. Um, I was wondering, could we just put potential clients in our database as well, or would it just be best to stick with past clients? Oh, that's a very good question. So I'm focusing mm -hmm. more on the past client database to maintain the relationships and to get the um, referrals from them. However, I'm a big believer in different databases. So, yes, I'm focusing on past client database. But then I would then either have a separate tab or database for potential clients. I would mm -hmm. have a separate tab or database for VIPs, right, your business partners and VIPs. Um, so, yes, you're going to want to maintain those different databases. You're just going to have different relationships with them, right? So on this call, I'm going to get into calling and mailing and visiting and tactics to get leads from your past clients that would work differently than, for example, someone that's never sold or, or, or bought a house with you. But, yes, you should absolutely have – so we and our team have several segments of databases. We have our past client database. We have our database of clients in process, right, buyers in the car, and listings on the market. And then I have databases mm -hmm. of upcoming listings and buyers who haven't yet started working with us, right, so tiers of – different people in different segments of, of the process because we're going to communicate okay. with all of them differently. Okay, thank so, you. Yeah. yeah, no worries. We do have several additional guests in queue at this time. Next we have Matt. Your line is open. Hi, Margie. It's Matt McCormick. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. I, my questions around the database are centered around um, a couple things. One is, uh, in terms of you man overseeing it or managing, is it your RP1 that truly manages your database? So who, who is opening that database every day? So, yes, it is the RP1 who's in it every day because through the database, for example, depending what day it is and the calls I have to make, so they're printing my list of calls for that day. So we'll get into some theme days for the core that we're doing for our past clients and our VIPs. Um, but they will print that out for me, hand it to me to make the call. I fill in the missing information, hand it back, and they fill in missing information. But they're the ones who are continuously managing it. So if I go into LinkedIn one day and I see someone switch jobs, right, so she's then going to update that database. So she and I are both always looking for, oh, a birth, right, so Facebook can be your best friend. Facebook, Instagram, oh, they just had a baby, right, so we need to get them a gift, and then we need to update the database. So that's why I'm saying it's kind of a constantly maintained thing. It's not a static document because things change a little bit every day. And what I'm learning right now is that in the way you're discussing it is it's almost as if as much as we have our emails open, we have that database open as well on a daily basis, and that's a mindset change. We have top producer, but I think I've been using it as a place like a closet to hold clothes. And I, and I yeah. have to be using it the way you're talking about it. It's an everyday action. Yeah, and you run into people. Think about it. You run into someone at the grocery store, and you're like, oh, my gosh, and they say, you know, this happened or whatever. 
Um, so we've got to update the database, kids being born, kids going to college, job transfers, yeah. promotions. It is a continue and with that many people, especially once you get 400 plus, it is almost every day that you're learning something or you make the phone call and, oops, their email address uh-huh. changed, right? So, yes, it's a yeah. constant living document you got to work with. Okay. And, and last question was, what is your database that you're using? Is it top producer or what? No, we use Wise, we use wise Agent. Wise Agent. Okay, thank you. Yep. You're very welcome. Our next question does come from Glenda. Your line is open. Hi, Marjorie. My question is, I was wondering if you would be willing to share your About Me page and also a copy of kind of like all the columns that are in your database that you have um, that I use. And our broker provides us with a contact management system, but I'm just curious as to what all kind of columns you have on yours because I know mine is not as detailed as what you were referring to. Oh, sure. Now, I will tell you I have an All About You form, so does the core. So we can absolutely share one with you. So are you a core level three student or are you visiting on the call today? I'm a visitor on the call today with John Okay. Sweat. Ah, Cash Daddy. So, okay. With so Cash Daddy, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I love Jonathan. He is one of my favorites. And the funny thing, did you hear the Cash Daddy story? His kids put Cash Daddy on his phone. So his caller ID comes up and says Cash Daddy. I love him. I know. So, and you've been down so and you've had a couple of dinners with us. So. Oh, he, yes. I recognize your voice, actually. So you tell Jonathan that he can, I will get you mine as well as the core can. So, yes, I will share those as well as my database tabs. But really kind of I went through them. So the name, their address, their contact numbers for both if they're married, their email addresses, where both work, and then birthdays, anniversaries, hobbies, kids' birthdays. We put pets in there. So really kind of all those segments, but more than happy, of course, to share those. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, we do have a few additional guests who just joined the queue. Give me one moment, okay? Sure, thank you. Okay, we do have Mike. Your line is now open. Hi, Margie. It's Mike from Las Vegas. Mike Chauvinian. How are you? Hi, how are you? Good. A couple of quick questions. One, if I haven't contacted some of the past clients for years, two, three, four years, What's the approach to go about around, uh, or just should I even bother <laughs> calling them? Yes, you should. And actually, your timing is perfect because what I'm going to get into next is that first contact. So I promise I'll answer that as we come in, which is really going to be the apology letter. But I, as we continue, I will get all into the apology letter and those first calls. So I'm not trying to Excellent. not answer, but I'm about to do that. No, I understand. Okay, good. And then quick, another question. How much time... Do you or or your uh, assistant spend on your database daily? Because everything you're mentioning, like you said, it's a daily work, not ongoing. Is it uh, minutes, hours, or like is it someone full-time just helping you with that? Well, yes, I do. So uh, one of my RP1s, Randy, helps me with – she manages my database with me, and then she helps me with my core. So those are – and she does gifting. So those are kind of her main tasks. So – I would say it's – I know it sounds like a non-answer, but sometimes it depends on the day, right? So every day she hands me my call lists. So if I get tweaks from those lists or if we were missing a birthday, when I hand it back, she might just spend a couple minutes in it. But 
as we're coming up with the next marketing project or the next thing we're going to send out or our next plan, I will definitely say to her, hey, print out everyone who just got, let's say it's the pumpkin coupons. But print out everyone in the database who got those. So we're constantly using it for our next tactics, for our next, um, you know, whether it be calls, um, whether it be events, who came to the last movie event, let's say. So it's kind of always in use. Some days it might only be a couple minutes, and some days she could be in it for a couple hours. Okay, so is Randy more of a marketing person, or are they like more of an executive assistant, or both? So she's more on the executive assistant side. She helps manages to make sure the marketing goes out. She does not create it. So she's not the one that creates that marketing. Got it. Okay, beautiful. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Next, we do have B. Your line is open. Hello, this is B from Florida. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm great, thank you. I have a question about groups in your database. I have a database with uh, with a bunch of people in it, and I have separated them, thinking how am I going to sort of market to them, sending out things. So I'm not going to send out an invite to somebody that has moved out of state if it's a local event. So I'm curious, what kind of groups have you created within your database? Okay, that's a very good question. So yes, so we do keep our out-of-state clients in, but they're on a separate tab. So I mm -hmm. have all my past clients ever, right, that we've worked with that we didn't delete because they were nightmares. Yes. <laughs> so yes, I do delete the nightmares. They're out completely. They never made it. Um, our out-of-state clients, we do keep in touch with holiday cards, things like that, but they're a different tab. So we have everyone who is still local, let's say that's bought or sold with us, but remain locally. I do have an out-of-state tab that we, we don't stay in touch with as often, but we do holiday cards or we'll do some sort of updates, but clearly they don't care about the local market. They don't live here anymore. I have my in-process clients. That means they haven't bought or listed with us yet, but they're starting mm -hmm. the process with us, so we're maintaining a relationship with them. Then we have everyone that's on the market currently, so anyone who's okay. listed, pre-listed, and then anyone who's under contract, right, so anyone who's okay. pending, let's call it under contract clients. Those are our main, and then, of course, I have a leads database, right, so anyone who has, who has just contacted us, but we haven't gotten either a meeting in front of or a set appointment with. Right, right. I was more curious about the sort of the past ones because I have basically overlapping group. I have the all of these customers, local B customers, but then I have the ones that also were in Rotary or that, you know, are my, my equestrian friends. So, you know, they, they tend to overlap like one customer can be in three different groups. Sure. So I think based on how your database works, like Wise Agent will allow me to have all past clients, but let's say I want all past clients that close in January ever. So the, if depending how I input them, I can tab them out. So that's okay. one of the things I'd look for in your database is the ability to kind of pull from it. So, yes, I'm right. all my equestrian friends. You would have, of course, had to put that info in. Uh, but if they've, mm -hmm. the biggest target for me, if they're past clients and still live here, we're going to communicate right. with them market update wise, whatever it may be sort of the same, because they've been in the process with us. That's the biggest key okay. for me is not talking to someone who's never bought or sold with us, sending them the same things as people who have, because it's a different experience. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Our next question does come from Michelle, your line is open. 
Hi, Marjorie. It's Michelle from San Diego. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. So you had mentioned at the beginning that you don't put in those clients that were a nightmare, and you just kind of repeated it again. So yeah, I don't. My, my question for you is I have been an agent now just coming up on two years, and I had a client who was a challenge from the beginning and closed escrow about a year ago, and I still keep in touch with them. I still call them. I still email them. I recently sent out a survey um, that I actually got from the core, too, by the way. It was a great survey. And I made it as an autofill, so it would be very easy for my past clients to fill out. And um, they have not filled it out. Yeah. And well, <laughs> my question to you is, I really do want to hear the, the bad feedback because, you know, I'm still a newer agent and I want to better serve my clients. So I, I really want them to fill it out, but I'm just not quite sure if I should press on that. Well, the thing is, when I say nightmares, I mean um, the experience was so bad that not only do I not want to work with them again, but I don't want to work with any of their friends or family because I find <laughs> that if someone is a complete and total nightmare, right, and what I mean is they didn't trust us, they challenged us at every point, they didn't follow the way we did things, they didn't appreciate the, the thing that we did, you know, it was just a just a draining nightmare for the, every member of the team. So I don't want to go through that again. That doesn't challenging Holy Toledo. As you know, with the way the market is, if I got rid of anything that was challenging, we wouldn't have a database because there's a lot of challenges. I just mean um, just when I say nightmares, that doesn't mean that, that I don't want the feedback, right? So I want certainly to get feedback. We might still survey them, but I don't feel the need to go through that experience again, right? So if that client beat you up, beat you up for commission, was a nightmare, didn't trust you, pricing didn't matter, you couldn't do anything right, they were rude to my RP1s, they were terrible to the attorney, I'm just not doing that again. So those are the ones that I'm deleting, that I just don't feel the need to go through that experience again. Okay. And that they're kind of like that. But I would still kind well, of if like they don't, to Here's the that. thing. If they're not filling out surveys, really, they kind of help you, too. If, they're, you know, if you engage with them or you send them a gift and there's no thank you and you ask for feedback and there's no feedback and every conversation is just a nightmare, that doesn't mean you can't keep them on a, a quarterly market update. That doesn't mean you can't do that. But, again, the question is, do, I know you're newer, but I wouldn't want them back. Like, I, once is enough. So that's where okay. I kind of draw that line. All right, excellent. Then I'm not going to press them to – I've sent the survey to them twice. I'm not going yeah. to call nope. them and ask them to fill it out. Okay. And one more question, and that's sure. helpful, um, is how many tabs do you have in your database? I have them by groups. You have tabs. About yeah, so I'm saying – oh, gosh. Well, like I said, so we do an annual review program. I'm going to talk to you guys about that. So we can we can separate them out by month they closed. Um, I can separate them out by events and things they've attended and mailings we've sent them. So we have, and again, I'm saying tabs, but I have to be super honest. I'm not the one that maintains it, so it might be groups versus tabs. I am not the highest technological person. Frankly, a computer works if I turn it on, and then if I'll turn it off. <laughs> so I could ask Randy um, how many actual tabs or groups she has, but I do know the past clients. Um, we have them. I can. Step, I could go in there right now and tell her to print me every June birthday. 
So we have it segmented so that I can very quickly access whatever it is I'm, if I want to do birthday calls that I could walk in right now and in five minutes have, you know, in my hand all the people I need to call in June. So it's a very versatile, usable, malleable system. All right, excellent. Thank you so much. You're welcome. At this time, there are no additional guests in the question queue. All right, well, we're going to get into the meat of this now. So we're getting the database together, right? And I'm glad this question came up because I think it was Mike who might have asked me. Um, we have to now manage these relationships. However, Mike the psychic knew, if you've ignored them for years, how do you pick up the phone now and call them, right? It would be super awkward. And I will tell you one thing about me is I'm all about the comfortable approach to things. I will warm up any cold call possible. I like to feel better about it. So it's very hard to kind of, hey, I haven't talked to you in seven years, and all of a sudden you're super important to me because that doesn't sound super genuine. So I will tell you my advice and what we've always started out with or told our, our um, students to start well is called an apology letter. Um, an apology letter sort of introduces the fact that you need to acknowledge the fact that you have not been in touch with them, right? So how weird is it, right? So someone sold you a car 10 years ago, and they call you, and they're like, hey, buddy, my first reaction is I don't need a car, right? So you got to think about that. So if you haven't been in touch with them, all of a sudden calling, mailing, and inviting them to events is weird, right? You're going from no contact to lots of contact. And that's not really the goal, and we're not trying to spam them, right? The point is we're trying to build or rebuild a relationship, right? So we don't want to go from, I just want to caution you on this as well, while we have to be in touch with them, especially if you have a smaller database, right? You can't go from never calling them to calling them every two weeks. They're going to block you. <laughs> you are going to go on a list you don't want to be on. So too much calling is annoying. So as we start, let's, let's think about that. So the apology letter. This is not super fun, but it's something I think you need to do. You need to apologize for not and staying better touch with your clients because otherwise why would I care? You're going to call me and I'm going to think, what do you want? I'm not ready to move, right? That's not what we want the reaction to be. You haven't said a peep for years and suddenly, here I am. I suddenly care about you, right? That's weird. So in this apology letter, you're saying, not in these words, basically, I'm sorry I treated you like a transaction, right? I'm sorry that I said you were important, but you weren't, and I totally ignored you. Please don't say that. You are going to say, look, I am very sorry that I have not stayed in touch with you. I have realized that you guys are my, you were my best and favorite clients, and I have done a poor job staying in touch with you. And over the next, you pick it few days, few weeks, or whatever the period of time is, that you are going to reach out and you're going to give them a call to see how they're doing, see if you can help them with anything, and that you're also going to stay in better touch with them. And that's going to include sending them helpful tips information, um, inviting them some, to some events that you want to throw, and you're going to stay in better touch with you. So you need to compose a letter genuine from you that you want to apologize, that you're going to follow up with them, and you're going to do a better job you know, being in touch with them. Now, that is step one. Here's the worst thing that you could do. They're going to expect to hear from you. Now, some of them, eh, maybe don't really care. I mean, let's face it, let's be honest, to some people, you sold them a house three years ago, you're a realtor, you're awesome, but eh, they're not looking to have you at their birthday party. However, you've said you're going to reach out. If you mess up and do nothing, that's even worse than never being in touch in the first place. Right? Let's, let's face it. I'm writing you a letter. I'm sorry I screwed up. I need to be in better touch with you. <laughs> Don't call them. It's bad. So I will tell you, 
likely 90% plus of your clients are going to be happy and excited to hear from you. They really will. Now, they may have no need for you right now, and that sounds mean, but they're not looking to move right now. You're going to have to teach them that that's not what you're looking for because we are salespeople, right? So if they haven't heard from you, they think, oh, they're looking to make a sale. So you've got to think about that. So understand as well, as you start being in touch with these past clients, not everyone wants to be your friend. Not everyone wants to come to your event. Not everyone wants to talk to you all the time. That's okay. You're the realtor. You're the professional. We're going to try different ways to communicate or connect with them based on them, right? So that's the key. However, you're going to have to call them. Yep, you are going to have to pick up the phone and you're going to call them because remember, we are salespeople, and that means your phone is for more than texting and Instagram, right? So you have to pick up the phone and dial it and speak to people, right? So I know half the people just hung up on this call. I get it. But you need to call them, but you have to have a great phone call, right? Not a, whew, I'm crossing that off my list, right? I'm going to go on Facebook again, right? And you can't celebrate when you leave a voicemail because leaving a voicemail is not a connection. Now, it's better than not calling, but if you leave a voicemail, you better leave a great voicemail that compels them to call you back, Right, so you can't just be like, hope you're having a great day. I wanted to talk to you later. Goodbye. Right, so don't leave bad voicemails. But hey, you know, it's Marjorie. I just wanted to reach out to you. I'm super excited to talk to you. There's a few things I wanted to ask you. I know you're super busy. If you could give me a call back, I would love to catch up for about five minutes. I look forward to talking to you. Something that's like compelling, right? I hate actually voicemails that don't tell me what you want, but it makes me call you back, right? Understand, please pay attention to this. You are calling them to connect with them right? You are calling to reconnect for most of you in this case. See what's new with them. How can you help them, right? Get some information about their family and things. The first phone call, probably not, depending how it goes, the time to immediately ask for business, right? If you haven't called me in seven years and then you send me a letter and it says, hey, I have been horrible about keeping up with you. I want to do a better job. I'm going to call you. And then you call me. say, hey, Marjorie, gosh, it's great to talk to you. Do you know anybody who needs to buy or sell a home? I'm going to be like, ugh. So what it is is your business is bad and you need me or whatever my assumption is going to be. So I'm not saying don't ask for referrals in the core we must, but let's be clear, if I haven't spoken to you in years, I'm not interested in giving you a referral. I'm interested in connecting with you. I'm interested in seeing how maybe you can help me. I'm interested in your connection with me and different things, but the first thing I'm not going to do is give you a referral. So let's be clear on that, right? Now, I know a lot of you have trouble making these calls, and I will tell you it's a mindset issue. If you have that much trouble making the call, it's because in your head you are bothering them and you are making a sales call. You are not making a sales call. I know it sounds weird. We're salespeople. You are making a connection call all about them to catch up with what's new with them. Right? So how can you help them? So if you're having a really hard time dialing these calls, stop it. This is a reconnect call. Right? So in the core, we make two different specific database calls. So within our database on Mondays, we call our VIPs. Right? So our very important, our favorite past clients. Those could also be business people. But we call 12 of our top 50. Now, I don't want you guys to get hung up on the number but you call your best past clients, right, maybe the strongest referring past clients on Mondays. Okay, so what do you say? This is where you guys all get hung up too. So that's the biggest holdup. What do I say? So you should have a plan. 
But what you should have in front of you is your list from your RP1 with the information you have and don't have. So when Randy hands me my list, and understand, of course, I've talked to these people bunches of times, but she includes their birthdays, their anniversaries. She includes all that information. Um, she also includes their email and their phone numbers, where they worked. And I say worked because do they still work there? And then any holes we might have. So let's say I'm still missing an anniversary or whatever it may be. So I know what I need to get out of that call or when's the last time I spoke to them, right? Have I not spoken to them for five years? Okay, so I want to know things. So I would recommend you all start with a Ford call, F-O-R-D. So you write this down. And a Ford call is to connect with them. And it's family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. Dreams is tough. I will tell you, I've always been like, dreams is pretty hokey. Uh, what did you dream about last night is <laughs> what we're talking about. But when you call them, so if I were calling you, I would say, hey, it's Marjorie Adam. I just wanted to talk. Do you have a few minutes to catch up? So I'm going to ask that every time. I do not want to call them if they're in the middle of something. This is a check-in call. What can I do for you, right? I want to know things. So let's make sure they're not rushing into the grocery store. Because if they are, I'm going to say, let me text you. Let's set up a time we can talk or have a cup of coffee. So do you have a few minutes? Then how is the family, right? And then how is Maria and does she still work here? And how are the kids and do they play soccer? You know, what are they doing these days, family? And then work. How is work? Do you still work at Sprint or whatever it is, right? So I want to get those updates. Have you gone on any fun family vacations? I know when you moved here, you guys wanted to go out to Arizona. Did you get out to Arizona? Right? Any updates to the family? Have they had children? Anything like that? How is the house? Have they made any improvements? Do they need to make any improvements? Can you refer them to any contractors? Things like that. And, oh, by the way, you're going to be having a movie event. You'd love to invite them. Right? So, ultimately, you're gathering information. You're connecting with them, and, and ideally, if you haven't seen them, especially we try to get face-to-face. -face. So can we invite them to an event? Can we invite them to a happy hour? Maybe we're not having an event or a happy hour. If it's been a long time, if they're thinking of doing a remodel, do they want you to stop by? Can you connect over a cup of coffee, right? So how can you get in front of them in some way? So those are VIP calls. Same thing, though, for database calls. In the core, we make our database calls on Thursdays. So for those of you who haven't been calling your database, I'm going to give you two of the best calls to kind of get yourself into a cycle of doing this and not over-calling your clients. So there are two ways. One is the alphabet calls. So basically, as you know, there are 26 letter of the week calls. There are 26 letters in the alphabet. There are 52 weeks in the year, right? So if you start with your A's that first week, call everyone with the last name A. Then move down your list. B's, C's, D's. That means twice a year you're going to call these clients. So you're not over calling them. And it's the same thing. I'm so sorry that I've been so bad at keeping in touch with you. Then do the forward call, right? Ask those same questions that I talked about for the VPs, VIPs. Is there anything I can do to help you? Anything you need from me, right? Do they need any referrals to anybody? How can you help them? Now, if they really engage with you, well, how can we help you? Sweet. Then I think you have every right to say, you know, you guys were amazing to work with. I, you know, if you know anyone, please send them our way. You can do that. But make sure it's not an awkward call, right, or that you really don't go, oof, I really need to reconnect these with these people. So those are the letter of the week calls, right? The second purposeful call that you can make with your database 
It's called an annual review call. And I love these calls, and they've worked really well for us. And the annual review call, basically think of it as the anniversary of their home purchase call. So that's a call that we break down in our database. So how we do that is, let's say, anyone who – it's June now, right? So anyone who closed in June. So towards the 20th or so of May, we send a letter to everyone who closed in June, and it's a, a form letter that says that we have this program. We would like to give them a call to talk about things. We want to make sure that things are going well with their home and see if we can help them with anything. And so we're going to be calling them to set up this call, about 20 minutes call, set up call with me, um, or they can call in and request the call as well. And so that annual review call, or anniversary of home purchase, we call it annual review, reinforces me as the expert, right? So the letter announces that we're going to be making this call, but that call we talk about their home improvements. Do they have, have they refinanced? Should they refinance? Do they need contractor um, referrals? Have they made improvements that I need to jot in my notes Right? Do I need to come by and see anything? I don't want them to spend a million bucks in their yard, right? So I want to keep them from spending money where they shouldn't. Do they have a great accountant? Things like that, right? Do they need advice? Do they need me for anything? Um, can I connect them to any of my business people, right? How can I refer them to my business people? And I will tell you almost every single annual review call that I make, I connect them with a business person, almost every single one, whether it's a window person, a siding person, a landscaper, someone to redo their deck, every single call. And these are people that bought a year ago back to 20 years ago. So it is an absolutely great way to re-cement your relationships and, yes, get more referrals from your business people. So I want you guys to think about that, your letter calls, right, from the alphabet, or your annual review calls. But the biggest point to me is to call with a purpose. So let me give you a couple other fun calls. And then I will take another break because I want to see if anyone has calling is the problem everyone has. How about it's their birthday? Call them on their birthday. Call them on their anniversary. If you're going to do the letter of the week call versus the annual review call, Call them on their home anniversary. Can you believe five years ago you bought this house, right? Because if you're doing the, the letter of the week call, that's not specifically to check in about their home. There's a reason to call them. You can call them to invite them to a happy hour or a client party, right? You can call them for all of these reasons. But again, if you're in relationship with them again, Right, so I'm doing my letter of the week call. I've spoken to you. This is not the, oh, I was a terrible connector, and by the way, here I am again. You should be asking for referrals. Ask what you can do to help them first. Then how can they help you? They can give you a referral. Who do you know that needs to buy or sell a home in the next 60 days? But again, if it's that reconnect call, think about that before you ask for that referral because it could be super awkward. Right, so I want you to really commit to calling those clients. And I know that's the hardest one. I, we start with calls because, frankly, it's the toughest one to do. But I promise you, if you do the apology letter first, these calls are going to be easier. So I want to take a couple seconds. I'm going to get into mailing and visiting. But I want to take a couple seconds to see if any of you guys have questions about these calls that I'm talking about before I get into the next couple steps to get some more leads from your database. So star one if you have a question. About calling mostly would be great, and then I'm going to get into mailing and visiting. Okay, we do have Ken. Your line is now open. 
Hello, it's Ken Buckman in San Francisco. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. My question is around the annual review call. Um, I've been doing that. I've been sending letters with data, so I've been pulling a CMA from my MLS and kind of parsing the data and pulling out the, the uh, story from that and sending that in a letter. How would you combine a call with something like that so they have the data in front of them so it's easier for them to comprehend when you're on the phone rather than just presenting it verbally? So when I do the call, I kind of say, hey, I'd love to connect with you. You may have questions about the market. You may have questions about your home. You may need contractors. I just want to catch up with you and see how we can, you know, help you in any way. My only thought with sending the CMA first is they might say, oh, I don't need to talk to you, right? Like, right. Um, so for me, I then I say, hey, you know, okay, so we talk about their accountant and their financial advisor and any planned home improvements and any struggles they're having, right? So one person said, oh, our HVAC, our bills are way too high, so we're going to send someone over to assess that. And I say, would you like an updated analysis of your home? Um, you know, look, whether it be for a refi to remove PMI, you know, whatever it may be, right? So would they like to know the value? To me, I'd almost try to get a second call out of that because I think if someone says, oh, I now know my house is worth 520, I don't really need to talk to you. It may be that you can then say, well, let me email that over to you and then let's set up another 15 minutes to go over it. I know that's another call, but frankly, that's not such a bad thing where no. some of the clients that I do this call with, don't ask me. They don't care, right? Oh, yeah, we know. We figure it's about this. Is that right? Yeah, great. Well, let's talk about a contractor. So I wouldn't want you to to kind of talk yourself out of a call by pre-sending the analysis if they don't then think they need to talk to you. Right, right. No, that's perfect. Thank you. You're very welcome. At this time, there are no additional guests in the question queue. Okay, you big chickens. No one wants to make the call. But I, really, before I continue on, because mailing people like, phew, mailing, that's super easy, right, because we don't have to talk to them. I want you all on this call to commit that you're either going to do the letter of the week call or the annual review call. And for the bigger chickens, hey, I'm one of them, annual review call means a letter first and a softer entry than just picking up the phone and saying, hey, wanted to check in. But I need you to commit to doing one of the two. So if I can get any commitment, amen, from anyone on this call, it would be that you're going to do one of those two things. Okay. So now we've started calling them, right? So that's great because a, a relationship means you see someone or talk to them, right? A relationship isn't I sent them a postcard. I know we think it is and we want it to be because that's what we want to do. But now we're going to mail to them. And again, take a minute here. So every contact with our database is purposeful. So mailing to them is also purposeful, right? So when you send them a mailing, you need to think about what's the relevancy. Why is this relevant to them? So I want you to think about, like, if it's just I sold 10 houses this month, I sold 12 houses this month, I sold this house, I listed this house. Yes, it's great to be a productive realtor, but if I just bought my house last year, I don't really care, right? I, I mean, I'm happy that you're busy, but what's the relevance to me? So I want you to think about the purpose or the relevance, right? So we're going to talk about two specific mailings with the core to kind of get them to connect with you in a different way, personally and as a professional. But I do want you to think about that because I think about this all the time and I think, okay, so if I buy a car, so I did buy a car a few months ago. I splurged a little bit, but I bought a car. It's a fun used car. And if the car salesman every month sent me a mailing that said, I sold eight cars this month, 
I'd be like, huh. Well, my brain would automatically go to, that doesn't sound very good, right? Like, how many cars should you sell? How much money did you make? I'd be Googling. I'd be lost, right? <laughs> but do I care, right? No. But if that car salesman sent me something and said, hey, Marjorie, you're going to um, extend the life of your car if you use this kind of oil, or hey, if you come in, we can check this out for you, then you got me because you're providing relevance to me. Or Marjorie, here's a tip about your car you probably didn't know. If you do this, this will happen. Or here's a fun thing. I'm excited about that. But the fact you sold some cars is your job. So, right, I'm not super excited about that. I bring this up because I think a lot of the mailing we do to our past clients is I'm a million-dollar producer. Don't do that. They think you made a million dollars. But, you know, it's sort of braggadacious, a little bit more than helpful. So, again, calling them is the first thing I would like to get across to you guys, but if the second thing can be your mailing should be relevant to the client and beneficial, that's the second most important thing I think I could tell you. So, first thing is a letter from the heart. Oof, the letter from the heart. People hear that and they're like, that's the second time people will disconnect. So, the letter from the heart, I think if you understand and do it properly, is a great thing to do. So, it is... The excuse you guys are going to make is they don't want to hear from me. I don't want to do it. Um, I think you all think of it as like a Christmas letter. You know, the Christmas letter of like, you know, my child did this and we went here and here's our picture. That's not really the point. It's for them to connect with you personally, right? So this is not on company letterhead. This is not about business, right? These are personal and genuine and real. And they teach them something about you, right? So I also think they need to be when I said genuine, I mean it. Like I got a letter from a student actually who, who I sent, she sent me the letter and I was like, wow, this does not sound like you at all, right? And so I said, I can't believe you did this. And she said, oh, I didn't. I just borrowed it from someone else. No, 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 no. Like I hate running. I think running is awful. Um, I will run if you chase me with a sharp object. But otherwise, I'm, I'm not a runner. So I should not send you a letter about running because running is terrible. I'm sorry if y'all are runners. I know you love it, and there's endorphins that apparently someone has. I do not have them. Uh, so I'm not going to write about running, right? So let's make sure that when we send this letter, it's genuine to us. So a couple hints for you guys. It should have an intro or a headline to draw me in, an, a kind of an introduction. Or, um, it should have a clear topic, right? And then there should be some sort of call to action. So if I'm writing a letter, I did write a letter. So, for example, my dad's house burned down a few years ago to the ground. They lost everything. And I wrote a letter about this because I realized the nightmare process that we went through after. We dug through the house, everything we had to do. So I wrote a letter to say, hey, make sure your insurance is current. Make sure you have a video of your belongings. Um, and gave them some helpful hints because it was something you wouldn't want anyone to go through, but we weren't prepared. Now, yes, we had insurance, but do you have enough? Who knows? So that was an example of a letter. And I definitely said if you have any questions or, you know, you don't have a family plan, please reach out to me because let's talk about it. So a call to action, right? You need to hand sign them, right? You should include some contact information. They should be well written, Right? So not to be rude here, but if you can't put a sentence together, <laughs> please have someone on your team or a family member or a friend read the letter first. Do they understand it? Do they understand the point of it? Right? Is it one bad run-on sentence? Right? So please make sure that it's well-written and it has a point. Right? And it makes me connect with you. So it makes me learn something. It makes me laugh. It makes me cry. It makes me want to reach out to you. It can be about your favorite book and a lesson you learned. And maybe the call to action is, 
now I need a new book. Tell me your favorite book that I should read. It could be highlighting one of my business partners, like my trainer at the gym. I love her more than anything. So I'm going to write one, and I'm actually going to do a video too, write one about her and invite them to go and do a session with her because she's so amazing. But, you know, who's someone maybe I should know. So think about that as an interaction, right? So well-written, signed, with a point, and to connect with you. So you are not just, I'm not Marjorie the realtor, I'm a person. Right? I'm a quirky person that loves Star Wars and Harry Potter and things like that. Right, So I want them to know me a little bit. Let them know you. You can put a PS about business, but that's it. No, Otherwise, no business. The business-specific mailing is an EOS or an evidence of success. I am a productive realtor that you should rely on. Right. So yes, you can do just solicit or just sold postcards, but I think about that to your past clients, how often you send those. Because at some point, I get it. It's what you do, but it's not super relevant to me at the time, right? So you can send out market stats. You can send out home tips, market trends, right, Um, contractors that would be great for them to know, why they should or shouldn't refinance right now, how to get rid of the PMI on their mortgage, why not to spend $100,000 in their yard because they'll never see it again, relevant homeowner tips. You know, why should they clean their heat pump to extend the life of it? Do you know a contractor they can work with? Does that make sense? So when I say um, relevance, and it makes me the expert, but don't just brag about your production because in the end that doesn't help me. Until I need to sell again, I don't really care. So same thing with the letter from the heart. Striking header, brief story, some stats, something else call to action, call me for more information, call me, whatever it is, Um, well-composed, crisp photography and graphics. This is a marketing piece, let's be clear. Poor photography, poor writing, that's kind of how you're going to market them in their home, and it should be printed on quality printing stock. So I want you to think about that, too, that it should not be cut, you know, on a hand cutter, not well, um, with sideways stamps. So, look, you should use a printing company, Um, and you should really investigate what's going to make it look the best. So those are two main things to send to your clients, right? Letter from the heart, here's who I am as a person, evidence of success, here's I who I am in business. You can, of course, send fun things, pumpkins at Halloween, St. Patrick's Day coupons, free chocolate for Valentine's Day, right? And obviously you should be sending them birthday cards, and if you can, anniversary cards or home anniversary cards. Right? And you should, of course, do gifts, right? So I want you guys to think about that, too. Um, gifting is super important. I'm going to spend a second here on some referral gifting, which I think is important. The point of this call is leads, and we need to acknowledge those leads. But I also want to make sure you're thinking about events, face-to-facing with your clients. So in the core, we like break breads, we like happy hours, and we like client parties. Depending how long you've been in business, what your budget is, it may not yet be time for a client party. So happy hours are a great way to have small groups of clients. Now, please, this is not get drunk hour. It can be a coffee club. It can be a book club. So let's not focus on the alcohol. But it's a great way to socialize and connect with your clients monthly. The best way to do it, same time, same place every month. Right? We do them Thursdays from 5.30 to 7, same restaurant, drink tickets, two drink tickets, couple of appetizers, right? So we'll invite past clients as well as current clients. It's great to mix those groups together. 
you can send an IEV in, um, you can send out an evite to invite them. Your assistant helps with that. So I would say if you guys are not doing mailings, let's think about at least alternating or doing both the EOS and Letter from the Heart. If you're not doing events, a great thing to do is start small with some happy hours, break breads or coffees, and small lunches, right? And then you can get into the bigger budget items of larger events, right? But that's something you kind of build up to. So we do a couple big events at our house, and that's something you can start doing with a bigger database and a bigger budget. But this isn't all about just spending too much money. It's to get together with your clients. So I want to take a couple seconds before this ends on gifts as well as tracking referrals. So I've given you guys a ton of tactics on calls that you need to make. And I have given you mailings you need to do. Gifting is super important, and that's something that your database needs to track as well. So gifting for their birthdays, right? Gifting for when they have babies, giving, gifting for fun things during the year. And once you really manage that database and you have the information in there that you need, you're going to be able to target and segment your gifting to your clients. So that's super important to be adding as well. Happy birthday gifts can be small. You do not have to spend a lot of money, but you can target them. It can be funny socks. If they love golf, if it can be golf balls, this is why you need to get to know your clients. But here's what I'm going to tell you guys. You need to not only work your database, you have to track everything you do. So I need you guys to get in the habit of, in your CRM, you track when you called them, what you last spoke about, right? events that you invited them to or they came to, mailings that you sent them, you know, things like that. And then you need to be tracking your referrals that you get. When your clients send you a referral, you need to track that in your database. You need to gift them at receipt of a referral, not at closing. And then you need to have a referral system in place. First referral, for example, we do a $20 gift certificate for lunch if we have their favorite restaurant, otherwise one of my client-owned restaurants. Second referral, we go to $30 or $40. Third referral, we go to $50 or $60, invite them to lunch or dinner. So please make sure you're tracking these referrals in your database and you have a system in place so that you can acknowledge them and gift them immediately upon receipt. So I know I've given you a lot of tactics. I think we're probably pretty much out of time, but if we have any time for questions, please do chime in. At this time, we do have a follow-up from Dee. Your line is open. Hi. I had a question from your earlier section about the No, I'm blanking. Was it on the call section? Yes, it was on the call section, exactly. So um, you you had different days to call different people, and we got through to Monday and Thursday, and yep. what are the other days? Okay, so in the core, we do call on other days, Tuesdays. They weren't specifically database. That's why I didn't cover them, but on Tuesdays, oh, okay. all clients in process. So any clients that are in the market with you or under contract, we want to be updating our clients on Tuesdays. On Wednesdays, we call hot leads. So you'd go to your database of leads, right, people that maybe you haven't gotten in front of as a listing or buyers that you haven't gotten in the car. So you're going to be using your lead trackers and you're going to call them. And on Fridays, it's cold calling days to meet with okay. new potential referral sources. 
Okay. And the other question I had about the sheet, you said that your RP1 is handing you the sheet with the information on it, and then you see what is missing. Like, how is she printing that out from your CRM? How does she give you the sheet with that information of yeah, cash so and birthdays? Yes, from kids? our CRM, but I have a call sheet. So she'll fill in my call sheet. So, for example, if it's Tuesday, Brittany, who's my RP1 contract to close, prints out our under-contract clients, right? So our on-the-listing clients, Bethany gives me, under-contacts, Brittany gives me. Any update? So, in other words, yes, we just got the appraisal at net value just to make sure that I congratulate them on that. And, hey, next step is this. Or they were concerned about lack of showings, whatever it may be so that I'm primed mm -hmm. for the call. I know you want to talk about activity. Let's look at how many houses have gone under contract, for example. So, um, so, so she past. actually writes that. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. She's yeah. actually she prints it out. writing that down. Mm -hmm. Yep, she prints out the under contract spreadsheet. So it's just a quick print. Mm -hmm. And then next to it, you know, all is good, question about showing, appraisal has been received, but we also have tabs on our Excel spreadsheet for that. And then she'll say, you know, they were nervous about the door being unlocked, whatever it may be. So mm -hmm. prime need to make sure I discuss that with them. Okay, thank you. So for the, for the past clients, it's really, I don't have, we don't have their birthday, right? Or I think he changed jobs or congratulate them on their baby, right? Whatever little things mm -hmm. I need to make sure I cover. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. And lastly, we do have a follow from Matt. Your line is open. Oh, good. Hi, Marjorie. Okay. This had to do earlier. I wrote this down, and we're going to be making some adjustments. On the database, when you talked earlier on in this call about the different buckets that you have set up in there, and, I, and I'm, because I'm in the core, obviously, I understand that having the past clients, the VIPs, the business, the builders, and so forth, but I didn't have a few of these in here So because I don't want to have it broken down into financial planners versus accountants. They go into business for me. So, yeah, so me the too. main it, yeah, so the main bullet points as I gathered was you have under contract, on market currently, in process clients, leads and hot leads, out of state, builders, business, VIPs, past clients. Am I missing any other buckets that I should have in the database? I, I loved your suggestion. No, that's our main. And so what we do, just so you know, we obviously have team meetings. And on Monday, for example, most many of those are Excel spreadsheets. The on the market listings, upcoming listings, like I even have miscellaneous possible listings, buyers in the car and buyers we're trying to get in the car, or all Excel, she prints those, right? They're Excel spreadsheets. And we go through each and every person, the last contact, who needs to make the next contact, if they're on auto email, what, you know, is the painter in the house? We go through each and every one of those to make sure we hit each and every one of those and we don't get behind. Okay. Okay, thank you. And then do you have any bucket for um, – it's kind of like in baseball where you have somebody, on, uh, not a starting pitcher, but he's going to be a future superstar. Do you have like a, a, a VIP in the making? Cause, because you're right. The, the biggest fear um, is the fact that you just have too much in your database to manage. But um, I, I know different coaches, like whether they purge every month or every quarter or every year um, about switching out ones that aren't performing for you, how, how do you manage that? So I will tell you the accounts pyramid. So I don't, I don't know if you, if you guys were at the, yes. at the summit, you'll know. So the accounts yes. pyramid, you can get that from the core as well. I think is the best tool. Like the bot, okay. I use the bottom of the pyramid for either no referrals or the least all the way up. And then I either move people around or that doesn't make them bad people. I'll take them off the period, the pyramid, right? So they're not necessarily a VIP, but they stay in my contractor list. How often do you go through that? So I won't kick people off for at least a year. 
And if they get in touch okay. with us in there, yeah, I mean, I'll work them. Because, listen, I had a builder at one point. I don't now. It took two and a half years to get them. The bigger the relationship, the longer of time it could take to convert them. So, you okay. know, some people, like, okay. I made a phone call. It didn't work. You need to take more time for most people. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okay, Marjorie? Yes? We do have at least three additional callers in queue. Did you want to continue on with the q and I don't mind at all. So the court, as long as they want to ask, I will stay. I have no problem doing that. The court at some okay. point might, might stop recording, but that is okay with me. Sounds good. We do have Rachel. Your line is open. Hi there. This is Rachel in Santa Barbara. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I was I was wanted to ask, like, when you do run into someone at the grocery store or the gym or something, um, how do you – what's your organizational system for how you then go back and log that? Do you do it the next day? Do you have an app on your phone? Um, how do yeah. you track that without – I am a squirrel, so if I don't record it right away, I will forget I saw them because I'll be like, ooh, ice cream, right? So we have a group text within our team, and I will jot a note and send it into that text. So I will right away say, saw the Smiths, um, just, to, you know, she's pregnant due in June or whatever it is, right? Like their mom just moved in with them because I won't remember, and then Randy knows to input it into the database. Gotcha. So just like notes on your phone or something. Yes. Yep. Got it. Because, again, I won't okay. remember, and if I don't immediately send it off, I, I, you know, I would love to say my brain power is stronger, but it's not. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Next, we do have Chris. Your line is now open. Hi, this is Chris in Seattle. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for asking. Hey, so quick question. So say if you do call the client and then you do leave them a voicemail, um, you don't reach them at the time, and then they call you back while maybe you're in the car or something like that, is that a call that you want to take just because you can't take notes at the time because you are driving, or do you want to wait to call them back um, just to make sure you gather all the information that you do need to make sure well, you do give them full attention? So to me, it depends on, like, how long – if it's been someone that I haven't spoken to and haven't spoken to and I call them and they call me back, I want to take it because I don't want to end up in this, okay, we're both busy, that I tried kind of mode. So if I'm in the car and I, I might say, hey, I'm so glad you called me back. I happen to be about to walk into an appointment, but I really, really want to catch up. Um, so I want to set a time, so maybe we can set a time. If I can pull over and get on my Google Calendar, I will. But if it's okay, can I call you back around 5? I will be walking out of the appointment at that time. So I'll do anything I can to at least talk to them so they know, hey, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, get into it right now based on where I am. Because I feel like if you just let them go to voicemail, you'll play endless voicemail. Um, so I want to at least catch them and try to either have that conversation if I'm able to or push it to a little later when I can call them back. Okay. And then my next question, um, you said your CRM that you guys use is, is Wise Agent. Is that correct? Yeah. Correct. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks, Marjorie. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Next, we do have Ken. Your line is open. Hello. It's Ken Buckman again in San Francisco. Hey, how uh, are you? Question. Good. Thank you. Question about um, how you uh, pulled the data from the All About You sheet. Do you uh, just simply scan that All About You sheet and upload it to the database, or do you pull the data field by field and enter it in the database? 
so that you can. I'm 99% sure that I handed to because I don't. I'm not the one that inputs it, and I hate that. I know when you go to like a seminar and someone's like, it's, "I don't do it," um, but I hand it to Randy, and I'm 99% sure she just pulls and inputs into the field what's necessary. I don't think she just scans. Now we hold on okay. to the form because I'm a paper person, but she she will manipulate that into Wise Agent. Okay, so you've created most likely Randy has created custom fields uh, yeah. for each for each question on that yeah, birthday audience. anniversary, yeah, especially the big ones. So there's also yeah. like note fields or whatever for randomness, um, like their mm-hmm. mom with them is probably not a field, but certainly birthday anniversary, kids' names, you know, pets, things like that are all fields. Right, favorite restaurants and color might be yeah. notes. Nope, favorite restaurants and hobbies are fields. Because we Our use field. favorite restaurants okay. immediately upon referral to send them a gift certificate. Right. Okay. Perfect. Thanks for that detail. You're welcome. And at this time, there are no additional guests in the question queue. Hey, guys. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed this call. Thank you for your participation. It just makes it awesome, I think, for everyone as well who has the same questions. You guys have a wonderful day, and thanks for being here today. This officially concludes today's conference. You may now disconnect the line.